0: Today's podcast, the NBA rosters. Who has the best one through nine? There's a reason. We'll examine Damian Woody. Talk ball with him, including Brady replacing Bledsoe, which is somewhat topical. Some good stories from that stuff. And worst takes all over the place. People think about banning the segment, thinking about bringing it back, and life advice. It's Ryan Rosillo podcast presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs and FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming, so please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 and older, 18 plus in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Before we talk some football with Woody and life advice... Tales from the couch. Night eight for the NBA. Big win for Phoenix. I felt like I was the only one. I know I'm not the only one. So I'm not, this is not a victory lap, but I guess I just was surprised how many people thought like people were just going to be off of Phoenix. I get it. That Mavs loss, I still don't understand it. I don't know what the fuck happened. They were 64 and 18 last year. So even if they're depressed and bummed out and take a step back and maybe have one injury, they're still winning 50-plus games. Like, there's just no way. Booker has been incredible. And this is somebody that, you know, first, second team, all-NBA kind of stuff, MVP votes, like real stuff, Another step up coming off of the finals appearance, too, where people started talking him up, where, you know, Booker's probably going to have to be at another level more consistently. I think Aiton's looked more aggressive. You know, some of the numbers aren't as good, some are better, but he just looks more aggressive, which is really the biggest knock on him the entire time. Some of the finishing stuff I've seen from Ayton. I'm like, ooh, where, you know, where did that come from? So, you know, he's not always going to be perfect, but it's going to be a little bit better. Damian Lee, the game winner against Dallas and that comeback. Uh, I wanted them to bring in a guard, somebody that could run the offense other than campaign, and make Chris Paul's life easier. That's not Damian Lee, but at least it's another guard in the mix because their rotation for guards last year. I mean, it's the craziest thing about this Phoenix team is they have this great record last year, and you're like, where are the rest of the guards? And then two years ago, they're like, wait, well, they've only got one big guy after charge goes down. Like that's the best that you could do. So it's it's an oddly weird managed roster of a team that does pretty well. Uh, the rest of the roster. Jacques Landell, are you kidding me, Spurs? Did you give up on this guy a little bit too soon? So that's a really nice win for Phoenix against Golden State, who's now given up 70-plus points in the first half in three straight games, first time in team history. This game was actually close. Phoenix put it on them in the third quarter, which is what the Golden State plan is usually. And then there was a really interesting... Granted, Phoenix could be 4-0. I don't want to assume too much after eight missed two free throws in overtime against Portland, but I just think they're going to be a good basketball team again. And I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. I thought it was crazier that people were just completely off. of. maybe they were only off of them. You know, this is where we can make mistakes. Be like, hey, everybody's saying this. Everybody believes this. Everybody's saying, you know, that that happens a lot. But then it could be like, wait, we actually agree. Like, hey, I think Phoenix is going to win 50. I'm never taking them seriously as a contender again. That I would, if you told me that, I'd be like, okay, I can't really tell you that you're wrong. But there was a dust up. A little dust up in this game between Clay Thompson and Devin Booker was the left side in front of uh, the bench for Golden State, I believe, and Clay blocked Booker's shot as he was kind of bringing it up, and Clay got him, and they were John and I figured they were John because it's just, hey, you're really good, I'm really good, have been in the league a long time, like we're in that, we're in that class of superstars, so we're cool with each other, and then it kept going. And then TNT went to commercial right in the middle of it. And I was like, man, you know what I love is a Scientology ad right during any potential fight in the NBA. And granted, we could sit there and say, hey, they're never going to fight. And that's fine, too. But you can't. You can't. Now, it's the best tease ever because I'm not going anywhere. Right. But that one, whenever there's an altercation, I've said this. There should, there should be just an intern that you hire. Doesn't cost a ton of money. Altercation awareness guy. And all he's doing is looking for the altercations of cameras, feeds that we're not seeing, and then we get to see them because we all like to watch it the entire time. And then Clay gets ejected. Like the jawing doesn't stop. So I thought, wow, is there something else there? There isn't. <laughs> there isn't. Clay went nuts. Phoenix blows him out. Clay points over to the Phoenix bench, essentially indicating I've got four rings. I got more than the entire roster combined, which feels a little mean. But they asked Devin Booker about it. Chris Haynes asked him to say, what was that about? And he goes, man, I quote, I love Clay Thompson. and kind of left it at that. So I didn't know if there was something that I was missing there. The earlier game, New Orleans, no Zion, no Brandon Ingram, no Herb Jones. And they beat Dallas. They were doing some different things there with Dallas defensively where you could see like some screw-ups that New Orleans may have had. Again, the rotation's all different when you're missing those three guys. And, you know, there was kind of a small, big debate there on Valanciunas and what New Orleans wanted to do because they took him out to be more active, be a little bit more switchable, but then they were getting crushed on the boards. Dallas didn't make them pay every time, but there was a lot of possessions there late in tight game. they were like, hey, get a rebound. And it was like, you know, it was kind of this decision that you had. Uh, Kostas Van Gundy was talking about it as the game closed out. They were doubling Luka. They were trying to force the ball out of his hands. Then sometimes they're playing him straight up because they didn't want him to go. I mean, just the Luka. You have a Luka dilemma every time you're facing him and you're not really quite sure what to do with that. But the reason I bring this up because I look at New Orleans getting a win against a good Dallas team, and I want to go back to something that I'd heard on TNT in the opening week. They were talking about the Clippers. A lot of people were on the Clippers, right? I'm a little surprised. Now, it's a big assumption about Kawhi, right? He's already missed two games, by the way. But that's part of the plan. 21 minutes per game, maintenance, the whole deal. So it's not like he's missing games because he's hurt again. That's just part of the plan. And honestly, it's kind of the part of the plan with all the top guys. I'm gonna be monitoring that again. It should be a bigger deal. When we look at the top 25 scorers from last season, and realize they've all missed like 25% of the game. Not all, but on average, missed almost like 20, 21 games each. On average, not every guy. but. As I see the Clippers support coming in, which again feels a little surprising, there's an argument that all the guys on TNT made that they all agreed with. And here's the premise. Here's the point. The biggest take-home from this Open this week. They said the Clippers are the most talented one through nine in the NBA. And I thought, is it? And Here's the thing. It isn't. It isn't. Kawhi, Paul George. I'll give you a healthy Kawhi, Paul George. Zoo. Reggie Jackson, Norm Powell. It's a good five. The John Wall signing, I like it. I like what it costs. I like what he may have left. I like John Wall. People are acting like this is a huge deal. And it isn't. I would do it. I like that they did it. People are overrating it. I think. Marcus Morris, eh, whatever. Luke Kennard, Batum or Covington. You get Terrence Mann in the mix there too, if you wanted to extend it out. That next four. So let's compare. Hey, Rye, what is better than Curry, Clay, Draymond, Poole, Wiggins, Looney, Jermichael Green, Wiseman, Dante DiVincenzo? Didn't even have to use Moody or Kaminga. Phoenix: Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Austin Bridges, Camp Johnson, because of Noj Crowder. Get campaign, Damian Lee, Jacques Landell. Torrey Craig. Do I like that better than the Clippers? I like Golden State better than the Clippers. Do I like Phoenix better than the Clippers? What about Boston? Now, this is one of those things where it becomes a little bit like college football conferences where you go, what if the top two are way better and can win a national title? Doesn't that mean that conference is a little bit better? It's kind of like what the Big Ten is dealing with. I think that's a big part of it. Hey, how many contenders do you have? Okay, does one entire side of your conference stink? Oh, it does? That should matter. And so, <laughs> is it who your top two are through the nine? Or is it that you can name nine guys that seem like they're all pretty good? Boston, maybe the best top two now. Tatum, Jalen Brown, Smart, Brogdon, Horford, Derek White, Grant Williams. All right, so I'm at seven. I'd be at eight with Rob Williams. Number nine is Von or Sam Hauser. Kind of like Hauser. So now you're like, okay, so how much do I take away if I like the top if I don't like eight or nine? What about Milwaukee? Giannis, Drew Holiday, Middleton. Let's not turn this into just naming good teams, by the way. I'll stop here soon enough. Brooke Lopez, Javon Carter, then Portis, then George Hill, and then it's like, okay, Wes Matthews and Jordan Nuara, who has a good field goal percentage. Kind of like him. Here's a sneaky one for you. Does New Orleans actually have the most talented one through nine in the NBA? Zion, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, Jonas Valanciunas, Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, who, did you see him last night? He's fourth in minutes. Larry Nance, who I forget is on the Pelicans every other week. Jose Alvarado, Devontae Graham, I didn't even use Dyson Daniels, Kyra Lewis, Jackson Hayes is back. I mean, shit. now, I shouldn't be allowed to just name a guy who's young, who I assume is talented, like Daniels, like Lewis. You know, I think Jackson turned the corner a little bit. Super frustrating when he was younger. But because an older player we already know isn't good, he shouldn't just automatically have less value than a younger player that we don't have an answer on yet. But that New Orleans group, I don't know if anybody else can go as deep as them. I've got Memphis. Saruti brought that up. He goes, hey, don't forget about Memphis. Never forget about Memphis. I can't stop making that Memphis joke, which I got to stop doing. I don't even think it's funny anymore. Ja, Desmond Bain, Aldama's third in minutes. None of us are quite sure what's going on there yet, but he's rebounding, he's defending, he's shooting it well. So, you know, he's shooting it okay, I guess, from three. Steven Adams, Conchart, Dylan Brooks, Tyus Jones, who I've always loved, Brandon Clark. Then you're like, okay, do I give you credit for David Roddy too soon? Do I give you credit for Jake Laravia? too soon and then i gotta throw jaron jackson in the mix as well here's my point the next guy that says the clippers are the deepest one through nine not only is it challengeable it's it's likely wrong the nba season is underway and it's the perfect time to download fanduel america's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars Plus, FanDuel is the only sportsbook that's giving all customers three months of NBA League Pass when they make a $5 bet on the NBA. All right, here's my bet for tonight. Miami travels to Portland, and they're favored by two and a half. Give me the Trailblazers, plus two and a half at home. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets, from the money line to point spreads to player props. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same-game parlay. Plus, with live betting, you'll get updated odds on games that have already started, and the FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe. It's secure and super easy to use. So download FanDuel today and use the promo code RYAN, R-Y-E-N. To get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official Sportsbook partner of the NBA. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. Refund issue that's non withdrawable. Free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Every other week, we are lucky to have ESPN's Damian Woody hanging out with us. Many years in the league, and I want to get to uh, 2001 because watching Monday Night Football, it's one thing for the Pats defense to give up all those points against the Bears team. It's been pretty bad so far, Woody, but let's kind of go to the quarterback part of it. Uh, were you surprised how that all played out? And that, I mean, I'm not surprised Bill told the reporter that Mac was going to play in the second half. He's just going to do that to mess with everybody, but. What did you think of of the quarterback shuffling and and everything leading up and then during the game?
1: Yeah, I was I was surprised by the quarterback shuffle because considering number one, even some of the past own players were surprised that that situation played itself out, and then number two, I mean, Mac Jones was out a couple of weeks. You would think that okay, let's get let's get this guy, I think he had what three series or whatever it was before he got yanked for, for, for Zappy. And, um, man, that just didn't make much sense to sense to me. And then all of a sudden, Oh, we're going to go to, you know, we're going, we're going to put Mac in in the second half that never happened. So it's just like, what's going on in new England? What what's what's really the deal with the quarterback situation?
0: Yeah. I'm not sure who's better of the two. Okay. Uh, I thought Mac was maybe a little overhyped last season, but I still wouldn't expect him to continue to make this many mistakes. Because if there was one thing you kinda liked about him is that he wasn't going to make those mistakes. Although I think it's pretty clear from some of the play calling going into last year. I don't know if you agree or disagree. I feel like I can always tell about how a staff feels about the quarterback with the way, you know, what they what they ask him to do. And I don't know they were asking right. Mac to do a ton last season. Uh going into this year it was just way worse, but then he comes back. I'm with you. Like, even if you don't like Mac, you prefer Zappy. I can't believe they yanked him that fast. Like, why have him start if he's on that short of a leash? That that really surprised me.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was that was the most surprising thing of the whole si- situation. And for me, everyone talked about Zappi and all this energy and all those type of things. Well, I think the opponents that he played against were Cleveland and Detroit. So I'm Green just Bay. like, can we? Green Bay, okay. I'm just like, can we pump the brakes a little bit? Because none of those teams have done anything this year. And so, um, yeah, man, it's just strange. It's it's a strange world outside of Tom Brady in New England. <laughs> it's just like the Patriots gotta the Patriots are dealing with what the rest of the league is dealing with as far as trying to figure things out at the quarterback position.
0: Okay, let's go back then, because this is. One of my favorite stories in sports. Uh, it was before I was working in the media. Right before I was in the media, two thousand one, your third year in the league, you're playing a line for the Pats, and you know Brady was on the roster. Shout out to John Freeze, by the way. Uh, That's right. That's your dude. And
1: John Freeze. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the next year, we know the hit on Bledsoe. You know the team goes. I think five and three with Brady, and the whole time Bledsoe thinks he's getting his job back after. Losing ten pounds and losing a ton of blood and that hit from O. Lewis, and then it's like, no, actually, we're we're rolling with Brady. What was it like the lead up to that decision?
1: You know, it's funny, man, because the locker room dynamic was so different. You know, it was like two totally different teams in the locker room. You had younger guys like myself who were just like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm enjoying the the, the winning. You know, it wasn't always pretty on offense. We were predominantly running the football, but we were winning football winning football games. But then you had, you know, the, the guys like, you know, Brewski and Willie McGinnis and all those guys who were like Parcells guys and, and, and was there with, with Drew, like almost at the beginning. So there was like a loyalty, you know, to Drew. And so like the buildup, it was just funny because it was like, Okay, Drew Bless was a $100 million guy. You know, remember he signed that big contract with New England. But at the same time, we're winning football games with Brady. No one's saying Brady is putting up crazy numbers, but at the end of the day, we were, we were winning games. So I always thought in the back of my mind, man, how is this thing going to play out? Because this is going to be a real interesting decision when, when Drew gets healthy.
0: I assume Bill, certainly now, but back then, would he ask a Brewski? Would he ask he was not gonna ask anybody, right?
1: Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't recall Bill asking anyone. Now I might be wrong, you know, I might that might be something you have to ask Brewski about, but I don't I don't see Bill asking anyone about, you know, personal decisions like that. So when it finally came down when Drew was healthy and Bill was like, No, we're gonna roll with Tom. Man, it was like, boy. I hope a brawl doesn't happen. <laughs> doesn't how mad happen was that How summer. mad was Bledsoe? Oh, look, man. Most players would say, "You can't lose your job to injury." He signed a hundred million dollar deal. He took a hellacious hit from Mo Lewis. Brett, you know, Bledsoe was like, at some point, I'm going to get my job back, and then for that not to happen. All you gotta do is go back to the tape in the locker room when Brady when Blesso said, I look forward to getting my job back.
0: Yeah, like, I I'll, I'll never forget th- the quote. I have it here. I look forward to the chance to compete for my job. And for I remember job. it then. Right.
1: For my right. job. Right. Right, right. So that told that tells you everything you need to know about what how Drew felt about the whole situation at that point in time.
0: Were any of you split? Did any of you go, man, come on. Like, all right, we're moving the ball a little bit. Because it was a weird thing about when Brady and you guys won. you started running the ball out of nowhere. And it was like you weren't running the ball well with Bledsoe. Everything was kind of like gelling. And I thought at, at the time, I'm like, is this happening because of Brady? Or is Brady just like having the best timing ever? I just, I'd imagine there's probably a few guys in private moments. And granted, it's 20 years later where you were like, now nah, we should stick with Drew. But nobody would ever want to admit that.
1: Yeah, man, it was it, – it It literally – there were whispers, I can tell you that. There were whispers like, we sure we're going to be able to, like, get to where we want to go with this guy quarterback? Like, when we got a $100 million guy at the quarterback position. And so there was whispers of that in the locker room, no question. But no one let it – no one let it boil to the, you know, to the forefront of of, of messing up the the locker room chemistry.
0: Yeah, and Drew deserves, as mad as he was, deserves some credit for that, and I think Tom's such a likable teammate.
1: Absolutely.
0: It was a big part of it. I'll just never forget that moment when they went in New Orleans and Tom's smacking the shit out of Drew's shoulder pad yeah. saying, we did it, we did it, and Bledsoe has the perfect look where he's like, yeah, this is sweet. <laughs> <Yeah. it's> just, <laughs> yeah. how, could, how could you help but not feel a little bit like, yeah, dude, awesome. I'm psyched this right. all worked out. Uh Okay. All right. I, I just love talking about that stuff back in the day. Okay, let's uh let's talk about two other teams you're very close to, one you played for, one you're around all the time, Giants, Jets. Uh, at the end of the year, what are these stories going to be like for two surprise teams?
1: I, I just think that for both of these teams is accelerating the, the rebuild, right? Like no one expected no one out here expected what the uh what the Jets and Giants are doing right now. And for a variety of reasons. Number one, the Giants were just trying to New regime, clear the books of bad salary cap stuff. You know, questions about Saquon, questions about Daniel Jones. And Brian Dayball and Wink Martindale's come in and really ch- turn that whole thing around. I mean, I always say coaching matters more so in the National Football League than any other sport. The Giants are a prime example of that. And then obviously with the Jets, they're such a young team. Their whole core, like all their good players, basically, are like 24 and younger. And so when you're dependent on that, And those guys have found a way to kind of accelerate the learning curve and they're five and two. I mean. It's great for New York football, I can tell you that, because as a guy who lives in the area, it's been it's been awful watching New York football for the past, whatever it's been, five, six years.
0: This is maybe a good transition into that because I I was looking at Tennessee again, and last year I looked at them as a one seed and said, okay, they're the one seed, but if you stack them up historically against other one seeds, this is a pretty weak team. And whatever, they they lose to Cincinnati. Who knows? Could have gone either way. Um, And then I look up and I see Tennessee again. I think there's a three seed behind what we think maybe are the two best teams, three with Philly and Kansas City and Buffalo. Was there a team, and maybe you just think, Tennessee's terrific so maybe we can get to that a little bit later but was there a team when you were playing and granted you were in different divisions so where you're like watching them on film you're like these guys aren't that good you're looking at the roster like these guys aren't that good and then after three hours you're like damn it like they beat us like was there a team for you that you always felt like no matter what they won more football games than you would ever have expected
1: man that's a good question um it's hard for me. Like in New England, I ex- like we expect to beat everyone. So it's hard to look at that and, and say that I would say, um,
0: was there somebody with Detroit? Although you probably had oh a little God. less confidence.
1: You're like, man, we oh can't, I can't God. believe we lost. <laughs> oh my God. Like Detroit, it, like th- that was awful, man. But I would say, um, Minnesota, man, was was a team you you look at and be like, they're okay, but then you play them like, damn, these dudes are pretty damn physical. Like, they get after you really well. So, like, I know like during my Detroit days, it was like Minnesota. I always looked at them and they were just better than what you saw on film. Is that what Tennessee is? Like, what do you think of the Titans? <laughs> Extremely well coached. You know, like the thing about the Titans you know what you're going to get. They're getting off the bus. They're going to run the football, and they're going to play really good defense. That's what you're going to get. Like, their passing game, very suspect. But you know they're going to turn around and hand the ball off to Derrick Henry, you know, a thousand times a game. And somehow, some way, when you look, look back at the end of a three-hour game, you're like, damn, they won the game. In a passing league, they're like a throwback type of team But they—they're really well coached. Mike Vrabel is a damn good coach, and at the end of the year, the Tennessee Titans will be sitting there probably no less than a third seed.
0: Yeah, look, it's hard for me to push back on any of that too. And like, this is a worse version of Tannehill than some of the other big stat seasons that we've seen. And, And clearly, you know, they've invested in the position a little bit. Would you make a good coach?
1: Uh. No, because I just don't have the patience for it. Like, the minute somebody screws up, I'm cussing somebody out, and I just don't have the patience for it, bro. Like, they ask – if someone asks me, man, you got you to gotta be at the office for like 20 hours, hell no, no, hell no. no I'm not doing that.
0: Has anybody ever asked you to coach?
1: Uh, yes, I've had offers by uh, college coaches. Uh, would I be interested in coaching? And I'm just like, no. Like, I value my freedom too much. Like, why am I going to sit? Like, coaches, they waste your time more than anybody out here. Like, we could literally get done everything that we need to do in probably like six hours, but they stretch it like 10, 12 hours plus. And it's just like, why? This is like the (laughs) dumbest thing. And actually, that's why a lot of guys end up retiring, because coaches waste their time.
0: I'm dying because I I don't know that I've ever heard a player be so direct about something. I've heard every ex-player say because I remember I was talking with somebody on the front office side about the new practice rules, and they were like, "It's ridiculous! Like we can't figure out like our own line doesn't have enough reps. You know, we need to build up the body thing." Like I thought, Harbaugh uh, John made a really good point a couple years ago. He's like, "This lack of contact actually could lead to more injuries," and everybody dumped on him. And I'm like, wait a minute, he's
1: he's absolutely right. right. Like if you're a trained
0: fighter, you don't want to go into a fight never being hit by anybody. So go
1: ahead. Here's what – Rod Marinelli, my coach in Detroit, and uh, we didn't have a lot of success with Rod, but one thing Rod used to tell us all the time made a lot of sense. One, he said you only get better at football by playing football. That's number one. And he said two – Training camp with pads is a necessary evil because you got to harden your body. He's like, if you don't harden your body, you're going to get hurt. And I think that's what leads to a lot of these injuries that we see a lot of these with a lot of these players because guys, they're not hitting anymore. They don't hit in training camp. They damn sure don't hit during the season. That's where you're getting all these injuries, in my opinion.
0: No, it's, I, I, I believe in that. I believe in that. Like you would want your body to feel the, the physical toll of being hit before you would go and actually do it for real. I mean, maybe some of the outside guys are like, look, I don't need to do all that kind of stuff. But then is your point, like, hey, look, there were still injuries when guys were in pads. But like to the point of the, the cons, this is something the players and the coaches are never going to see eye to eye on. So at every CBA, because the owners are like, well, if we can keep money – and give up practice time. We don't give a shit. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, okay. Congrats, right. guys. We get another right. we hey. get another percentage off the top line, but you guys can show up to practice four hours less. Cool.
1: Right, exactly. Like at the end of the day, the billionaires, they're they're winning. They're winning in this whole thing.
0: So then you go to the player and you go, Hey, if they didn't break the rules all the time, we wouldn't have to do this because then there's the hour allotment of like. Whatever, whatever the hours are supposed to be. And I don't know what it is now, but you know, I'm talking to some of the guys, maybe more from your era. It's like, sure, if they we would we would practice the number of hours they want us to practice if they didn't make us stay that much longer. They break whatever the rules are, they don't follow them. So now we have to go so extreme the other way to try to get it to any kind of reasonable number. Again, I'm not around practices, so I don't know what that is, but I I love this idea of the players constantly being frustrated. By the co- Do the coaches do it? you think, and this is your perspective, because that's just what everybody hears that a coach is supposed to do. You're supposed to sleep on the couch. You're supposed to stay up till 4 a.m., and it's like all this different shit. And it's like, well, we going to make the players do some of this too. Now, obviously, you're not in the facility like that unless you're a quarterback, but anyway, your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I, I think a lot of it is the fact that coaches are scared to death of players having free time. That's what it really is. You want to know why they stretch the schedule out the way they do? because they're scared of players having free time and possibly getting in trouble out there. That's why they stretch out. That's why you have multiple meetings during the day where you're talking about the same shit. Like we literally repeat the same shit multiple times during the day, practice, come back, meet some more, like just doing a lot of repetitive type stuff because they're wasting your time. And it's by design. And as you get older as a player, You recognize that and you're just like, man, I can't take this anymore. And you, you end up retiring and moving on. It's
0: like the early morning shoot around in the NBA. You're like, wait, I got to get up and come to shoot around and then come back. (laughs) Right. But we all, we all know what that's, that's about. Okay. Give me the second best team. Well, I, I don't even know if you'd have an answer for it right now. So this isn't one of those Damian Woody breakout videos. Just, I'm not going to green you like on Get Up, where I want you to say something really stupid. I won't do that to you. But do you have hope for any of the teams outside of Philly? Like, you know what? When it's all said and done, this team's going to be, you know, eleven and six. This team will be twelve and five. Like they're going to be fine because that second group in the NFC is a mess.
1: I think Dallas is going to be there. I think when it's all said and done, I think that game, I believe Philly goes to Dallas on Christmas Day is going to be a big game. It's going to be a big game. I think Dallas is, to me, they're the second best team in 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 the NFC right now. No kidding. Yeah, I, I just think that, listen, uh, Dak, First game back, you miss basically a month plus with the thumb thing. No one – like, even though they played the Lions and the Lions stink, like, you can't expect these guys to just come back in the game and just rip it up. That's just not how it is. You know, there's the acclimation period. But I think Dallas got a lot of things going for itself. Their defense is one of the best in the league. They got weapons on offense. Once the quarterback gets kind of humming again, that's gonna be right there with Philly. I promise you that.
0: Do you endorse my Michael Parsons for MVP argument?
1: He'll never win it because he plays defense. But what player, maybe outside of Josh Allen.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the thing, is what? if Allen kind of do and he keeps putting up these numbers, he's gonna win it. And yeah, it's, he's, it's yeah. and it's not gonna be the wrong call by by any means, but go ahead.
1: Right. He's just I mean, he's, he's playing like an alien right now, but, like, Michael Parsons is playing his position maybe better than anyone else is playing their position. Maybe outside of Josh Allen. Josh Allen is just unreal right now. But Michael Parsons, he's just terrorizing people. I'm, I've been on record saying that. I feel like he's the modern-day version of Lawrence Taylor. Like, he's, on, he's approaching that level. Uh, with the different things he can do and how teams have to game plan for him. He, he's that good.
0: Who was the toughest edge guy for you?
1: Uh, man, I played against uh, Demarcus Lawrence. That dude was good. Long, twitchy as hell. Could bend all the way to the ground, strong like. Demarcus Lawrence is the is. Demarcus Ware, excuse me.
0: DeMarcus yeah, I was gonna Ware. say, man, Demarcus yeah, Lawrence DeMar- still in the DeMar- league. He's not. Yeah, he's not De- dead.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> DeMarcus, Demarcus Ware, Ware. I mean, Yeah. Broncos, DeMarcus right? Ware, yes. And it, yes, it. I played him when he was with the Cowboys dude was a problem, a problem out there.
0: That was a good answer. That was a good answer. I mean, not that DeMarcus Lawrence isn't really good. Uh, He's no
1: slouch either.
0: No, no, but I just, I was like, wow, okay. Uh, Who's your favorite old lineman right now in the NFL?
1: Well, before he got hurt, it was uh, actually a Jets office lineman, Lodgeberg Tucker, man, like that dude played three different positions this year and did it and did it at a high level like people don't understand how ridiculous that is to play left tackle right tackle and guard all in the same year and do it well like you just don't see that he he was my favorite guy to watch
0: now for you when you're looking for your favorite guy like what's what's the first thing like most of us don't understand it right like, we can see an edge yeah. guy beat somebody off the snap. We can see a receiver make sick throws. We could see the arm where a guy's throwing it to the sideline in between the safety and the corner. There's all sorts of stuff. What are you looking for?
1: I mean, for me, I just look at – I like technicians. I like – everyone has natural ability, but I look at guys who just te- technically sound, guys who got really good feet, good hands, guys who know how to finish blocks like pancaking, embarrassing people. Um, those are the guys I like watching, like – Zach Martin, guard from the Cowboys. Love watching him. Uh, Quentin Nelson. Uh, love watching him, guard from the guard um, from the Indianapolis Colts. Trent Williams, another really good lineman. Left tackle for the uh, San Francisco 49ers. So I like watching those guys.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, that, I mean, that makes sense. It's a good list. Because there are guys that are mad as soon as the snap. like, And they keep that anger up. Did you – what did you do to get yourself in that mode? Because I also think that you were so strong and you were so athletic and you were so gifted. I mean, you were an incredibly gifted NFL player on top of everything else. And, and correct me at any point if you think I'm, I'm off base with any of this, but I don't remember you having to like work yourself up into some mad dog fury the entire time. Like you could get mad, but you weren't going to do like my guy, Willie Colon, who was just pissed off at the world as soon as he stepped foot on the field. And I love the fucking guy, but he wanted to fight you yeah. the whole time. Um, what is that like to get yourself ready for that?
1: Yeah, listen, for me, it was like a, a like controlled aggression. You know, I wasn't going to go out there and do anything stupid and get a uh, you know get a penalty that could cost the team. But when I step between the white lines, man, I'm flipping the switch on. Like at the at the end of the day, I look at it as my opponent is doing something to try to take food off my plate. And so that I, that I can't stand for. Plus, I, I wanted to embarrass you. I wanted to, put on, I wanted to put on tape that I wanted to embarrass you. So when my opponent the next week watched the film and it's like, damn, this dude is just cockroaching motherfuckers out there. Then, like, they know what time it is when, when we, when we plan. And that's what I tried to do.
0: I think that's a good place to end on. Uh, thank you, as always, <laughs> man. I'll we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Be good.
1: All right, man. Appreciate you as always.
0: This episode is supported by State Farm. So look, a little rock hit your dude's windshield on the highway. And at first you're like, what is that? I'm like, oh, it's just a little mark. Nope. Now by the end of the ride, it's a big crack. And it had been a while. So I check out the State Farm app. I go, hey, this is what happened. And the funny thing is, is I was like, do I want to go app first or do I call old school guy, probably should call. Was like, let's check out the app. Not only did it take a minute to get done, they set up the glass replacement. They told me the estimate ahead of time. Said, do you want to go ahead with it? And I was like, now I understand. It's all in front of me, all done. I don't even have to talk to anybody. That's how efficient This week's edition of Worst Take. This one feels a little more personal. Uh, Again, our podium placement right now. Arena's at one. we got to figure out something to challenge that. And then we've got Bart Scott. And then we did we put Perk's Lakers backcourt back on there? By the way, did you see going into the weekend, I believe, who the two top five in steals were in the NBA? Pat Bev and Russell Westbrook. So does that mean actually... I have well, seen some people selling us in the idea that Russell Westbrook's a big part of the Lakers' uh, defensive numbers uh, this year. I'm going to hold off on.
2: What's more likely him. that what? Pat Bev and Russ will actually be one of the best defensive backcourts in the league or that Daniel Jones is going to be Josh Allen without an <laughs> offensive line? I would argue the Daniel Jones one, not a terrible take right now. So I.
3: Yeah, good, good, good job by us moving him off the uh, yeah.
2: off the podium.
0: I, I honestly, I think, I think Westbrook and Pat Bev have a better chance of being the best defensive backcourt than Daniel Jones does of being
2: Josh Allen. <laughs> I, don't, I don't I mean, who yeah. knows? Westbrook's not going to be on the team all season, it seems like. Uh, who knows? Um, well,
0: look, then, then it's not a fair bet. Then it's a it, new point. Yeah. Yeah, because you just be like, well, now it's invalid. The perk could just say, hey, we'll never know.
2: <laughs> I, by the way, I got a suggestion. I got a suggestion from, uh, on Instagram from this guy, Brad. Oh, yeah. yeah that guy's awesome. He thinks, big Brad, big Brad guy, uh, he said, he thinks after a certain number of, like, weeks, if someone is at number one on the podium, they should be able to be, like, in the Hall of Fame, and they should be out of the podium. I actually don't hate that idea.
0: I like it, Brad. That's why I said <laughs> I liked it so much. Wait, how many yeah. weeks are we going to have to do this for? Forever. Does that be wow. like- <laughs> oh, Forever. Shit, come <laughs> on. Soccer takes? <laughs> I want Cerruti to have a soccer one in here. We want you to open us up to the world of the worst takes of soccer. All right, so, all right, we've got well, the podium. Actually,
2: Somebody did suggest recently <gasps> that Christian Pulisic shouldn't start for the U.S. in the World Cup. That was a hot one. I didn't think that would be. I don't think our audience would like that one, though.
0: I saw one. I may do this one at some point. I'm going to go back and find it. But it was somebody suggesting that the Olympics are stupid because we shouldn't be rooting for our own countries. Oh, man. And I was like, <laughs> nationalism. It was like, yeah, because <laughs> it was basically like, yeah, it was a nationalism <laughs> thing. It had tones of like other stuff. But it, but it was like, yeah, but guess what? It's not really that is it and then there was something about like the globalization because of the internet and everything i'm like so what the fuck am i supposed to do now you just start rooting for fucking korea yeah. like yeah be like hey, go korea badminton you know like i want you to beat the us because of this guy's tweet great point because then it becomes like who would ever Like the whole reason some of these small town stories with like local high school athletes, like why do you take pride in that? Because they are somebody that's from your community. And then if that person is good enough in high school to go on to play somewhere in college and the place isn't a factory, then you have some kind of attachment because you feel like that person represents your community and you root for them. Because you are a little bit more invested in that. And you can just keep it, expanding it out further and further and further. So instead of making it some terrible thing, which it can be pointed to historically, it's actually like a very basic instinct of, hey, that guy's from my town. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I hope he does well. So anyway, maybe I'll find that one. There was also another one that, I don't know. It was It's so fucking bad that I'm not sure I can even do it. But we'll see. All right, rant over.
3: Well, so do you want to take
2: <laughs> oh yeah, I for, have a take. Ten oh. weeks for the Hall of Fame, though. What are we thinking?
0: Ten weeks. Yeah, Brad. The
3: rule, Brad. There. Brad rule. Okay. Right. How okay. long is the worst take season? I just want to get it on the record. You don't like the segment, huh? Don't love it. Don't love it. It's a lot okay. of work for me. I'm scrambling
0: around. <laughs> it's a lot of work.
3: Wednesday mornings, I'm scrambling around. <laughs> it's a lot of work when we feed Kyle a worst take before the show starts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not. No, used it's, to it it's that something point. we
0: forget. It's something that we forget because I see them and then I just kind of... Yeah, there's a know. lot of scrambling.
3: Yeah. By Thursday, I'm like, oh, I'm looking out for the next worst take. And then by, by Tuesday yeah. night, I was like, oh, I'm supposed to have one tomorrow.
0: <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, I'll go first. I'll go first. I'll go right after the big guy, Bill Simmons. His Lillard take, he said that he lacked burst and he was hinting towards Lillard being washed. I didn't really ever understand it because I just feel like the new generation of players, especially when they already miss so much time. Um, and it was a significant injury that I just, I would want to watch somebody first come back from injury to see how they look. And right now, Lillard is on fire. The Trailblazers are on fire. They're not going to be the best team in the West. But if, if Lillard has a real serious, like, all-NBA season, maybe third team all-NBA, I don't know that that's that surprising. So there's a lot of people. I don't think it's podium-worthy. But Bill's getting a ton of shit for it because Portland fans are very, very aggressive at times. So I I don't think it's podium worthy. It's been brought up. I'm bringing it up almost to represent the people that want it to be mentioned. It's, you know, I I don't know. I I just think he and I disagree sometimes on like writing people off. And sometimes he's right and sometimes I'm wrong.
2: That's right. He's a big cross-off guy.
0: Yeah, he's a cross-off guy. Yeah. Um, Go ahead, Kyle. You were there for it. You lived it.
3: No, I. I just mean I have a similar one for <laughs> every once in a while I'll see something and i as it's going I'm like wow should I mark this down I don't know like I remember thinking that with with Lillard and I was like well we'll see and and now uh, now here we are seeing uh, mine is is a, a similar one. I'm I'm actually going to let Steve say what he what he said about uh Laurie marketing. I mean, I remember it was probably the the most animated oh, I've seen. I've seen <laughs> this is the most animated I've seen Saruti, in the past like week two, probably in the past month if we're just if we're going to make it all encompassing so I'm gonna let you say what you said um unless you want me to dig it up I feel like if I could dig it up I feel like you'll do yourself a kindness if you could say it right now
2: no I think most people <laughs> listen this is very popular I get, get a lot of tweets and messages on this one that you know Laurie Markins had a great start to the season and I was mad before the season that he was on Bleacher Reports like he was number four on their like who's got a candidate list yeah like who I I just listen He's he's been playing really well. I'm happy for him. I'm like I'm not mad about this at all. Like I don't eh, dislike the Jazz. I've actually thought Laurie Marking is a decent player. I my whole thing is like he I know who Laurie Markin is. Like he's having he's gonna have a little uptick this year, but like that doesn't mean he's next or he's like some future budding all-star. He's on what I think is going to be a bad team. I had a couple guys just be like, just wait this take out when they're like 10, 15, 20 games under 500 when this like, you know, green patch goes away, and you can just chalk it up to like good stats, bad team guys. So that's what I'm gonna do. I'm not taking the L on this one yet. <laughs> So good take. <laughs> it's it's a pen. You were take. mad.
0: You were mad, but it wasn't <laughs> really so much mad. because Markkinen was on it. It was because and he was on it, and Franz was off of it. And it was not 10 only deep. that he was on
2: it; Franz yeah. wasn't on it, and he should be. And Markkinen was four he was number four that's just to me i i don't know like marketing's been a, an okay player the last like couple years he was decent for the Cavs last year he's not a bad player I, I, but he had I almost
0: know... 20 a game for chicago i think his second season but yeah. clearly like people are okay moving on from him and he's just been around a li- when you're on your third team it's kind of tough to be the who's got next argument for it but he's been awesome so far some of these bad teams have been pretty good i just um, think
2: on like the who's next thing or like the breakout guy like yeah. that guy has to be evolving into a you know an, maybe an all nba guy certainly an all-star at some point and uh, lori's not going to be that like I, maybe he maybe he'll prove me wrong this year maybe he'll he'll continue after right, 25 gotta, the game you ever heard of enough. geno smith
0: we're gonna have marketing comment i'm not all taking
2: right. the l on this yet not yet <laughs> okay. not that's yet. that's fine that's fine come, and it'll be weird like me.
0: you can have the who's got next next year when the orlando magic front line is Paolo franz and Wenmanyama. so
2: exactly love that. there you go uh all right. Mine is uh, a little off the radar, but I feel like this needed to be brought up. And Halloween is on Monday. We're, you know, we're not going to do a worst take until then. Um, Dan Orlovsky, I like him. Good dude. Uh, we used to have him on a bunch of shows at ESPN. Always super cool to me. He has some of the worst food takes, though, that you'll ever see. Um, he has, like, the, I, I, he's the kind of guy that like doesn't season his food. And, you know, that's that's kind of who he is. He had a tweet. Two tweets, actually. First one. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the most overrated candy ever, and they're the most overgiven at Halloween. Uh, That's just incorrect. That's a bad take. Definitely not overgiven. Definitely not overgiven. They're they're easily a top three candy on Halloween. I'd go Kit Kat, Twix, Reese's. Those would be my three. If you're going to say something is overrated, I actually think Reese's Pieces are terrible. Um, But Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, thats like you put that in ice creams on their own on top of cakes. It's a tier one candy. So, God tier. Just, ter- just a terrible take. <laughs> God tier. Yes.
3: Wait. So we can do. We don't have to do this with sports because this will be way easier for me if I don't have to look up sports takes every.
2: Every week. once in a while, I feel like we should. You know, it is step a holiday. I don't know. If, are
3: we just giving you a pass, or am I just gonna run this thing off the rails with what,
2: <laughs> what I hit you with next week? I actually think Kyle being like a wild card every week could give some spice to the segment. I like that.
3: All right, in approved. Great. I don't care how long we do the segment for now. Great. I got some Age and- of Empire shit for you next week. Great. Quick follow up tweet update, to Two new though. civilizations. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. Two love. new civilizations in Age of Empires. Uh, I'm, uh, I'll,
2: I'll, I'll get you something next week. Don't worry. I'm
0: so it. lost now. We should end the segment, but it sounds okay. like he still has something left. <laughs> yeah,
2: I keep going. Well, no. Money. All I wanted to say was his second tweet was that he ranked dark chocolate as the best Halloween candy. Like, that's serious. <laughs> yeah, no. Kids um, I, I, kids I, I, everywhere what, love what, the what,
0: antioxidants what, of dark chocolate. What are we
2: doing right now? What are we doing? great yeah. with a
0: red wine. Like, no, this is I got dark chocolate cool man yeah Yeah. bus all right like you did. that's worst take apple card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card you earn up to three percent daily cash on every purchase every day that's three percent on your favorite products at apple two percent on all other apple card with apple pay purchases and one percent on anything you buy with your titanium apple card or virtual card number visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows on over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus all in one plan. Start your free trial. Of Hulu Plus live TV today. Live TV plan required, restrictions apply, access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. You want details? Bye. I drive a Ferrari
2: 355 Cabriolet. What's up? I have a ridiculous house in the South Fork. I have every toy you can possibly imagine. And best of all, kids, I am liquid. So now you know what's possible. Let me tell you what's required.
0: Life advice. Life advice. The email is life advice rr at gmail dot com. What up, Kyle? What up, Saruti? What's good? Sober October over.
2: Good run. Yeah.
0: Declaration right to Twitter. What went into that?
3: Um, well, I was telling you off mic, I did finish the Sopranos and I didn't know what else I was gonna do. Um, so that was that was a little depressing. I was like, fuck, I don't know. Should I start Boardwalk Empire? I guess. Uh, and then I got the other text, like, where are you at, dude? What the hell's going on? And I was like 21 days, you know, like if I was working, if I was like, like a work week, that's almost a full month. Right. I I did some sort of math, mental gymnastics in my head to be like, Oh, that's almost that's five
0: days, four weeks round up four weeks, 28 days, 31 days, one month. Good job. Basically. Yeah.
3: So I just I was like, you know, at the end, like, it's not like this was court mandated anyway. It's like I didn't didn't enjoy it anymore. And um, I don't know. It was like a great, it was a great homecoming. Uh and I'm just I'm glad that I was uh allowed to drink by that uh Monday night football game. So it all worked
0: out in the end. Was Monday night football your your first time jumping back in or had Definitely you been No,
2: I was I was yeah. primed. I was primed okay. by then.
0: Sorry, Saruti. go
2: ahead. No, I was just got twenty days. Better than no days, dude. I mean, you know, that's what, it's, a lot it's, better it's, than no days. Yeah, you make it the whole time. It's OK. It's a halftime. And be, maybe like I was thinking when you tweeted that out, I was like, OK, this could be maybe the third quarter and then like fours up fourth quarter. Oh, like, a lot people the of people thought that as well. Rest of but... the month. <laughs> we're going to be good. A lot but, of people you know, thought that as well.
3: But, you know, maybe I'll I might. I, no, there's no rule that says I can't try it next year. So, um, you know, maybe I'll saw, just I'll, I'll saw, build some breaks into it next year. I don't know.
2: I saw a couple people throwing out Bender November, though. We just got oh, yeah, to avoid that. Oh, yeah, that's
3: not that's not in the cards.
0: Good. Bender November, I like that. That nice because that in Denver, and then that's right. We'll be in Denver for it as well. That's no, that's 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 good. Uh, I've I've heard it called October, October instead of I don't,
2: I don't like that. Yeah, that's
0: a, nope, that's a reach. I still like Rocktober more, but you did not. Although Monday night you were sending out some tweets where it was like <laughs> aggressive, but hey, the past are getting their asses kicked by the Bears yeah not so, good yeah bill, bill was in you're...
3: bad spirits i was just i wasn't feeling good it was like we changed into the actual living room instead of the back house and it was like dark in there and
0: eerie and it was just it was just i was all wrong the vibes were wrong vibes are off vibes are totally off okay we have a, a lot of follow-ups i swear to god i think we could just do episode an episode if i don't want to do a fourth episode every week but there's a version of events where like there's a fourth episode just called the Community, and you're reading the follow ups and you're just doing a ton of this stuff um I don't have no idea if it would do well or not, but I wanted to let you know that Kyle and I appreciate these because there's a lot of thought that goes into them at first, I was like, I don't want to do follow-up stuff and everybody's theories, and then you know one of the things that when you talk for a living when it's like, hey, really great job on this here but thing here's one thing you may not have thought about you know and it's Or I can't believe you didn't think about this thing. And sometimes it's accurate. A lot of times you're just like, all right, whatever. Um, But this one I thought was good. I went back and forth on whether or not this was worth an email, but couldn't help sharing some potentially helpful advice for the emailer looking for his wife to make more money. To me, it's very ironic that he perceives a psychology degree as worthless when, in my opinion, it opens the doors uh, to a potentially perfect side gig part-time job. People did not like the emailer calling that (laughs) worthless. (laughs) Although, there's a few HR people coming for Kyle's head as well.
3: (laughs) I knew that was going to (laughs) happen.
0: Some were in jest. Uh, As Kyle knows, as Kyle knows, the very pro-Kyle emailing group here. Companies like Talkspace, BetterHelp, or any of the myriad of copycats are starving for therapists. And based on my experience research, they're willing to offer $60 to $100 per session, which is an hour of work. Not only that, many have no problem with being remote doing virtual calls, at least as recently as spring of this year. The downside is for the part-time work, many would like to have 20 hours a week to be considered part-time. I'd also imagine you get pressure to do more, but I don't think you'd be obligated. I've heard of people going back and forth between the different services, just getting the max dollar per hour. 20 hours night might not be ideal out of the gate, but I think it could be finagled a bit and should be flexible enough to work with a busy schedule. Thanks for reading. Mm-hmm. But that is something I did not know. And,
3: and she I could still just be like, eh, I don't know.
2: <laughs> well, I think I addressed this, though, last time is that I'm pretty sure he was referring to her having an undergrad in that. I think in order to actually be a practicing psychologist, you need to go. You need grad school. You need more school. So I don't know if that's on in the cards for her. I, I think that's why he was saying it was worthless, because like it, you need to go to school for like six to eight years, not four years. So that's what I'm assuming.
0: That I don't know either. Uh, well, now we're going to get a million emails on that and we'll see. So it's back to being worthless? <laughs> no, I, I feel like there's some part of me that's pushing back a little bit on this, in that, I mean, it can only be a master's.
2: I, I think so. I'm pr- like I'm pretty sure. Sh- I know, I mean, one of my good friends uh, does, she does telehealth, and she definitely had to go to more than four years of school.
0: All right. Well, fuck, look, I'm poli-sci English, and here we are, fucking two years in on life advice, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, here's one that is serious. Hey, guys, 6'3", 215, 25 years old. Haven't lifted weights three four years, but recently got an LA fitness membership to begin to try to do that again. Enjoy playing pickup basketball. My friends often compare me to a quicker Luca. Why aren't you in the league? then? So the perfect
2: no, basketball
0: player. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> Literally the only flaw in Luca's <laughs> game, and i I've got that. Uh, no one ever fitter, more athletic, hotter, Luca. Yeah, yeah be like one. I'm a shorter Covington. Nobody ever does that. That's <laughs> all of us should be doing way more shit like that. <laughs> I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit more aggressive, David Nawaba. All right. Um, he says that it's mostly due though to I I jumped uh, we jumped on this guy too early. He said it's mostly due to his ability to work the refs in our men's league, and a killer step back. Visited L.A. recently with my girlfriend and made a point of going to the frolic room, much smaller than anticipated, but great spot. Shout out, Kyle. Oh, good to know. Kyle knows, but I, I cannot. I already said it in this episode, his approval rating every time, every time these emails come through. It's unbelievable. So here's the question. I went to a state school, graduated in the midst of the pandemic in 2020. All right, so we got a young dude here. Due to the uncertainty of the future and work opportunity, I moved back to my hometown. He gives it. I think it's kind of important. Do we just go for it? Yeah, he gave it. Yeah, it's not like he's like, I think I saw a murder, right? Like, that's not what this email is. (laughs) Okay, so he moved back to Austin, Texas, and uh, is working a job in the finance industry. Things have been great, it appears. I'm in a long-term relationship, have a steady paycheck. Uh, I'm near family. My job is fine. I'm not passionate about it, but often feel bored and wanting more purpose in my life, being that I'm still young and have more flexibility than I will in a few years. Should I, one, focus on uh, focus all my attention to finding a career path that both pays the bills and fulfills me. Two, focus on accumulating hobbies and passions outside of work that I can look forward to thus and just work for the means of getting paid. Three, just realize the grass isn't always greener and should I suck it up? Coming to the realization that life gets more boring and monotonous post-college. Uh, I would be interested to hear Kyle's take being that he is near my age and transitioned from a life of petty crime to a lucrative <laughs> position at the ringer. Yeah, that's, that felt a little... A little nasty. Uh, Uh, Before we go to Kai, I would say, hey, welcome to life, bro. (laughs) Oh, yeah? I mean, that to me is kind of the big secret, is your younger ambitions, amazing dreams, hopes. And for some, you know, those are realized. And for others, you're like, oh, wait, huh? And then somebody's a couple years old and they go, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is it, man. Yeah, okay. Uh, enough of a really old guy's perspective who has a really weird path on all this kind of shit, which does not relate to most. So he wants to hear from you, Kyle. Take it.
3: I guess. I mean, what is this? The Oregon Trail? Like, does does a does one of these lead to like dysentery or something? I don't know why you can't do like do all like a little bit of all of them. I mean, he's he likes where he is. I mean, he's he's not saying like I haven't heard too many people saying they want to get the hell out of Austin, right? I mean, you're kind of lucky if that's your hometown. I don't know why you can't. Yeah, but can't when it's your hometown,
0: sometimes you just, you know, yeah. it's it's different. But no, no I no. think I think what he's asking you, Kyle, is those years post college and then beginning into kind of like the the beginning of the Protozoa of, <laughs> of an adult. Okay. <laughs> you know, like what that that realization of like, oh, okay. Can you help him understand that a little bit better?
3: All right. I guess like he said, he's he's hap- he happy with the girlfriend, right? He's not going to, he's not one of those guys who are like wondering if he should just try to get out there again. Right. So that's kind of covered, right? Um, I'm
0: yeah, he's covered. I, I
3: mean, just spend the next year or two doing whatever, don't do anything you don't want to do, you know, basically. And then, and then that's over and then that's going to be over soon. So I, I, I don't know if there's a, a big insight, just, um, it's just kind of, it'll just kind of magically start to get smaller and smaller that that free time that you have so um, i don't know just just enjoy all of it until there's like only a little bit left every week and then enjoy that too i'm not sure exactly what he wants from me
0: yeah i don't know Sir, thanks for do you going to want to take frilly.
2: a swing at this cuz no, I, I think th- maybe no these are just always kind of confusing cuz i feel like it's the same answer why don't like try to find some stuff on the side that you like to do and you know if that ends up becoming a thing that's great and if not you still have a good gig your life's probably still gonna be okay. But you know, at some point in your life, you're gonna like I don't have a ton of like now, like when I was younger, like my early time at ESPN, like I had a ton of free time. I was like I was watching a million games. I still try to watch as much as I can now, but I was definitely watching way more back then. You just don't have a lot going on. And then I didn't understand like why the people who were older like didn't watch games. Like kids with kids be like, it's not that big of a deal. Just put them to bed and watch the NBA that night. And I don't even have a kid yet. And then you just kind of like understand that you have less and less time as you get older. And it, you know, it takes you time to figure that out. So I would say just like value that now. Try to do as much shit as you can. Don't you have to like leave your job or anything like that. But just, you know, if you if you feel like you have more to give or like or there's other stuff out there for you to do in life, try to do it in this time. And then, you know, there's really no harm there for you. And just know that, you know, your priorities in your life are going to change as you get older and you're not going to have that time. And then at that point, it's like really hard to sort of figure it out, changes and different things in your life. So now's the time to do it if you want to go for it.
3: Yeah, maybe take some trips. I didn't take trips. Wasn't a big trip guy. And now I wish I took more trips. Are are vacation paid.
0: days. Yeah. There's still time, Kyle. You're no, I'm just saying okay.
3: I I'm just saying it was like, you know, the years before I was doing Bill's podcast and stuff like that, it was like wasn't wasn't a huge deal if I went missing for a week. Not like, I mean a sanction missing obviously, <laughs> but I just meant like it wasn't as big a deal. It wasn't like, oh dude, really? You're you're leaving now? It's like, yeah, whatever, man. You you got vacation days, right? So, if if that's where you are right now, then maybe use your vacation days. Nobody Europe, people don't seem to notice if you don't use them.
0: Yeah, but like, I, people I think like, this oh, that guy doesn't use his days this guy is having this epiphany that almost all of us have at some point where you go, Oh, like this, this isn't going to be fun all the time (laughs) or wait, how long am I going to work here? Is this my routine? Like I'm going to roll through the security gates of this place every day. Like, am I going to be here a couple years and then do something else? Am I going to be here like 20 years? Longer. Yeah, once you start looking at that 401k.
3: <laughs> oh, that sucks.
0: <laughs> right. So this is not unique. And I I think the cool thing about being young is that you think you're going to have this really unique path, right? You're going to be oh, all these things are going to happen and then, you know, and then it's like all right, but then as he says, uh as far as the grass is always greener Like You could say, okay, you know what? Like, I don't want to work at home or I don't want to live here. I want to get out. I want to experience the world. I want to want to take on life. And some of those people, it works for them, right? I'm going to get a van. I'm going to do this. Oh, I've been to Europe. I've been to all these different places. I don't want to do that. I'm working part time here or whatever. And then, you know, that person might be in their mid 30s going, all right, I don't you know what? How do I jump back into the market here? Like, what's my skill set? Not to say you haven't developed some amazing skills and maybe your perspective on life is is more cultured and you're amazing and you'd be an asset anywhere. So I'm not really, I'm not shitting on any paths here. I'm just saying there's there's a lot of choose your own adventures you can do at this stage of your life. And you can really romanticize about this adventurous life that doesn't work for most fucking people that actually like want to have a family. And then later on, and you're going like, oh, and then you're thinking about the other guy who, like, as soon as he got out of college, like, hunkered down and immediately, you know, locked in. And then you look at that guy and you're thinking, like, oh, the dividends are like paying off for him because he immediately kind of knew what he wanted to do, even though most every one of you are going to change your jobs numerous fucking times because that's just what happens now. But this this idea that there's this magical path where your life experience is the most fulfilled that's sitting out there, and you're not sure, like, should I just drop everything and do that? I think that's That's a human instinct. Um, I don't know if it's more of a male thing than a female thing, but it's, you know, the go West young man thing. Like that is a very common thought. I still fucking have it sometimes, man. And I'm not young, right? I'll still have it. Like, what if I just fucking did this, this and this and this? Ah, fuck it, you know? And then you kind of sit back down, especially you get some dependence. You're like, what the fuck was I just thinking about? Like, that's not realistic. Uh, Very few people can kind of just go and be like, all right, I'm just going to do all these different things and not have to worry about that bill come and do a little bit later on. So I would always encourage everyone, go ahead, try it. Like go do it for like, go do it for a year or two. Maybe you need to get it out of your system. Maybe you have to see what it really feels like. It's why I always joke about Zillow being so popular because you start searching other towns going like, what would it be like if I lived there? It's like, well, you know what would happen when you live there? Like, you might not have as many job opportunities. The fucking electric bill is going to be the same. And, you know, now you're worried about real estate prices in a completely different place. So I I think that's kind of the big, I don't know if the big joke, the big joke feels so negative. But to me, that's like life's big reveal for so many people that you're just, you're younger and you're thinking all these things are going to be different. And then you're like, no, nope, it's just kind of the same. And I'm not saying it to be depressing. I'm saying it for anyone to understand like your experience when you first have the big reveal you're like holy shit and you're like that's why i started the whole thing by saying like hey welcome welcome to the way the world works man
2: do you think it would be good to have this like what i would ask him what is what does he want to do in like five where does he want to be in five ten years like if he's like if he yeah, like, wants if, if he if feels Next like 50. you know if he feels like he's going to be behind though you know and that's going to bum him out in five to ten years and all of his other buddies have like worked and kind of like done the shitty job but like are at a higher pay scale and, like, you know, have more vacation time and they will have more disposable income and you're going to be bummed about that, then, you know, maybe you just got to suck it up and get to that point in your mid to early 20s. If you don't care about that and you want to just find out who you are, then don't worry about that right now. I would say just try to find what you want to do. But I think, you know, because when I was younger, I... I don't think I had a, like an exact plan of like, hey, I want to be here in five to 10 years. I want to have a family, all this stuff. But like I did know that like my, my career meant something to me and I wanted to like build my career and I was at ESPN and I wanted to do a good job there, even though my hours in my life kind of sucked. Like I knew that it would hopefully be some bigger payoff. <laughs> if you if, if you care about that, all right, suck it up and do your shit. If you don't and you're like, I don't like what I'm doing, which it sounds like you don't and you feel like there's something else out there for you, then I would I would. I mean, I know it's easy for me to say sitting here in my basement, but like I would go explore that. Like, what's the worst that could happen? You get knocked back two years in life? Like you're still young.
0: Uh, by the way, I'm I'm totally with you. I'm big time. Go for it, give it a shot, and see what happens. But I'm, you know, focusing more on the other part, the realization of like, oh, like maybe this isn't the greatest time right now. Uh, I'm all about going ahead and doing that. As I mentioned, the other guy, you know, who's knew it right after college exactly what he wanted to do. That's not for everyone. And I'm not telling everyone that they should go ahead and do that and Comparing yourself to your friends when you're younger is a complete waste of fucking time. Uh, a lot of those guys are full of shit.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and, well, a lot of the people that are and, having
2: a great time, then in like 10 years, they're the ones that are behind and they're bummed out because you have okay. a better life situation.
0: But there's also a version of events too where like, okay, you you sit it out for a couple of years. Maybe you gain some experience in a way that applies to something on later on for you. And you catch right back up and surpass them. Again, mm-hmm. keeping score of the, of the ALE standings amongst your buddies at this stage, of your life is a massive fucking waste of time because there is no like twenty games behind. You're all like an eighth of a game behind. It doesn't really matter. So, I just yeah. want I just wanted to email to understand like this is not. And I think he probably knows. This he seemed like a relatively smart guy that this is not. This is not new. Like again, I'll never forget what scared the shit out of me when I was in college. I'm a freshman. I'm pledging fraternity. And then all these alums showed up and like, you think seniors in your fraternity are cool. Wait until the alums show up. You know, like these guys are the coolest fucking guys ever. Right. Cause you're just so impressionable. You're young. You've been an adult out of the house for like the first, it's like two weeks into your adult life. You know, i had been 18 a month, you know? So I'm like, Oh my God, this guy's fucking awesome. Wall street. And so a guy was completely like blacked out and he's like, Whoa, what's your deal? And I'm like, um, well, Ryan, and for Martha Senior. And he's like, don't ever graduate. And I was just <laughs> like, what? And of course, I did a pretty good job of following through on his prophecy, but it was like, I don't do anything. Fucking life sucks. <laughs> it's like I, I look forward Hoboken. to this every year. <laughs> I, live, I live in Hoboken. I call call all day. The yoga instructor at the gym won't talk to me. I used to be fucking cool, you know, and I was like, that was like heavy shit for a guy yeah. to be that bummed out. And he was like 23 guys, 23 is like slow march to death. <laughs> and you know, for me it was a little different because all I knew was I was like, okay, well I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I was like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, I only want to do the things that nobody else. Like I don't want to do. I have a long list of things I don't want to do. So, uh, this is, this is a weird time. Right after college is a weird time. And it really sucks, too, for a lot of the guys that graduated throughout the pandemic thing, too. Because you get denied like a couple more years of that experience, which yeah. sucks. Um, all right. A reminder, today's life advice is presented by Snickers. Sometimes you're out of sorts and make a mistake that could have been avoided if you just had a Snickers. Okay. Here we go. Gym confrontation. 6 189 Thursday afternoon, 5-P. That's 5 p.m peak gym hours sure is i'm um, finishing a workout when i hear music coming from a source other than the gym speakers i look up and see a guy warming up with a portable jbl blasting he's in an hbst mm-hmm. i give him a few minutes to see if he'll turn it off maybe it's only for the warm up it wasn't <laughs> worse it's the ad version of pandora Sp- pandora <laughs> i was going to say spotify but i whatever um, it is the ad version of Pandora in the email. Commercials are playing for the whole gym to hear. As I'm Jeez. sizing him up, he then brings it over to the lat pull down. After one set, leaves it blasting as he walks 60 feet to the other side of the gym to do another exercise. This is my final straw. I'm not big, but I have a few inches in length on him as I pegged him to be a pre-Jack Kumail Nanjani. I have to say something. Yeah, I'd say something to the pre-jack guy. Post-jack guy. The I got pretty jacked. Well, he got marvel jacked. You don't mess around with marvel jacked. I'd mess around with marvel jack.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, does, I'm not seem, trying to sound like a tough guy, jacked.
0: but Yeah, I don't know, man. Those guys like, ooh, 60 days later, you know.
2: Whatever. What about Chris okay, Pratt? <laughs> Would you mess with Marvel Chris Pratt? Is he, you know, I don't know. You're talking about community. He was just like pretty doughy guy and now he looks pretty good the biggest mistakes
0: anybody's making here all of us are and people make it with me is just because you're jacked it doesn't mean like big time true doesn't really mean anything um that you're tough or that
2: you're a good athlete
0: yeah yeah but like all of a sudden completely out of shape i don't know if chris pratt is getting fights or not i don't know who uh, who was or wasn't most guys aren't most no one is uh i'm just not going to be afraid of an actor how about that fair (laughs) fair Keanu Reeves after John. I'm not three. tough. I'm not tough. There's just, I'm not going to just because you're on a men's health and fitness tweet. It doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. All I'd be, right? I'd so, be
2: more afraid of an out of shape actor than I would be an in shape actor.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Back to the email. I walk over and say, is that yours? Pointing to the speaker. <laughs> Did you forget your headphones today? Albeit in a sarcastic tone. He says, yeah, I don't like using headphones. Oh, no. He said sarcastically, did you forget your headphones today? We read that right the first time around. And he says, yeah, I don't like using headphones. I ask him nicely to turn it down, and he does. As I pass him, I say thanks, and he gives me a smirk. Who's to think it's okay to do this? What do I do if he does it again? Smash the speaker. Uh, No, you can't do that, although I would take your side if I was a neutral gym attendee, although I wouldn't be neutral. This guy sucks. Not a good time, not a good hang. It's incredibly narcissistic behavior in a gym. Uh, but some people do this. It's It still blows my mind that somebody could be like, well, I'm here, and this is how I'm going to do this one. So um, I there's, there's no judgment on this one. You were right. You handled it probably as well as you possibly could. I mean, for somebody to do this, and it gets back to the theory of many, which somebody sent me that a philosopher actually, again, I didn't coin this. I didn't think that, hey, apply it to everybody. But if everybody did this, it'd be the Chaos. worst gym ever. Yeah. It'd yeah. be right it'd be the worst gym ever but that one person has decided it's okay if i do this no one else can do it but it's okay if i do it and then everybody's supposed to adapt to me real only child behavior don't really like that at all uh you could have been meaner about it and i would have taken your side but if it happens again you know you might just have to get a train like a trainer any gym And almost every gym has people working at it. There should be somebody there that goes to him. This shouldn't be a member-on-member thing. There should be somebody that's a trainer that sees this. And usually the trainers are Jack, and some of them actually are tough. And you go, hey, you know, like, hey, dude, like this sucks. Doesn't work. Doesn't work for anyone. Not part of the plan. Didn't open this place with this idea. This was not part of our concept. Bring your own outside JBL. With ads. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, HBS <laughs> H- t-shirt and ads is just incredible. Uh, I don't understand. The amount of times that this actually happens, why is this not just a rule? Why don't Jim just put in the rule that this is not this a is not It probably tolerant? is a rule.
3: It probably you is know? a rule. It's probably in the fine print.
2: If it was like a, you know, you could say, all right, it's a rookie mistake. Like you let the guy, you just, you know, you say, hey, dude, could you like turn it down? Maybe he didn't realize. Maybe he's just completely oblivious. That's fine. This, I don't know. This doesn't sound like that scenario. This guy's kind of just sounds like he's a huge tool.
0: Hey, can you clarify what you think the HBS t-shirt means?
2: Harvard Business School? Okay. All right. Is that what it is? That's
0: what I thought it was.
2: Yeah. What but, if I mean, it was at-
0: Tuck? What if it was Tuck? Does he get a pass?
2: Uh, no. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> Definitely not. Uh, that actually reminds me. There, When I was at the ESPN gym one time, uh, you remember we used, to, we used to get swag for different schools, and somehow Stanford Steve hooked us up with, like, we got Harvard football sweat. wait did you, did you get somehow that
0: Stanford Steve hooked you up you mean well, like when, me a when the, when the schools for, used to send the stuff to all right, me and Van Pelt
2: but Steve gave me and then s- Harvard shorts
0: Steve would intercept it like <laughs> okay, Han Solo I don't want to get
2: into this argument I don't want to whatever the point of the story is that I got a pair of Harvard shorts so I'm at the ESPN gym wearing them and this, <laughs> and, and this guy comes up to me and he was like hey man like nice shorts like did like did you go there or whatever I'm like no no I just got these for free and ever it ended up being this guy Trevor Scale, a super nice guy who played football at Harvard. So I was like the ultimate poser. Speaking of
0: jacked, that guy was jacked. He
2: jacked. was. I was the ultimate poser in the gym wearing Harvard shorts with a guy who played at Harvard who wasn't wearing any Harvard football gear. So probably one of the bigger loser moments of my life.
0: Yeah, he played at Harvard. He was yep. he was pretty jacked. Um, yeah.
2: He could have been a much more. He could have been a tool to me, and he was actually really nice. He's so
0: nice Trevor. that I, yeah. I have a hard time believing that Trevor would have ever been mean. To, I think he was just psyched to like to have some <laughs> common ground.
2: Was. Yeah, he was like, "Oh man, you got like, nah, nah, man, not 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 a Harvard, not a Harvard guy." Sorry.
0: I have stuff from everywhere, and you're right. Like it, like I've got my Wyoming gear on today because I'm going to the gym right after this, and you know, whenever. Oh, like Wyoming was put put together a little run in basketball, and I have some other older uh, shout out to the Wyoming equipment room. But and the guy was like, "Hey, you got you guys are making a run this year," and I was like, "What?"
2: <laughs> I love that. You actually secretly love that too. <laughs>
0: I'm like, huh? What? Uh, I used to be pretty locked into the football team, but I think they unfollowed me, so I was like, "Oh." They did have
2: a great helmet back in the day. They still
0: do that. Matt Brown. That helmet was sick. Yeah. They had a good white one, too. Right, Saruti?
2: White one was great. I think it's the one we had at the... Uh, I forget which one we had at the desk, but I just remember the Josh Allen. That was the white one.
0: Hey, you know what? Maybe that guy at the gym needed a Snickers. Rookie mistake? Maybe you just need a Snickers. Snickers, official chocolate bar sponsor of the NFL. Check out Snickers.com slash rookie mistake. Thanks to Kyle. Thanks to Saruti. Loaded podcast today. I hope you had a lot of fun. Please subscribe to the Ryan Reissler so Podcast, Ringer, and Spotify.